Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Malapreps and Moxie. Today's guest is Dr. Jack Shire. He works at Charlotte Plastic Surgery, and he is the surgeon that did my breast reduction about two years ago. So now that we're here two years later, he and I, as a post-patient, um, sit down and just talk about the ins and outs of breast reduction and plastic surgery, um, both elective, cosmetic, um, pursuing insurance, paying it out of pocket, and all the things that go into it. So I really hope you enjoy. Thanks so much, and happy listening. All right. Hey, Jack, welcome to Malapreps and Moxie. Will you please tell the listeners who you are a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Jack Shire. I'm a surgeon over at Charlotte Plastic Surgery. Um, I do a mix of cosmetic and reconstructive surgery, and I'm happy to be here. Looking forward to talking with you. I love it. I remember um, when I first met you, you said that you specialize in like crazy cases, do you remember saying that to me, or do you, is that is that how you would categorize yourself? Yeah, I mean, I do, you know, my mix of patients is it's sort of interesting. I, since, you know, I'm younger in my career, I see a lot of cases that uh, are patients that have gone to other surgeons, and for reasons or, you know, in situations they are not able to follow up with their other surgeon, or they want a second opinion. Mm. So I do see a lot of revisionary cases, okay. which I find them really challenging. At the same time, they're a lot of fun because... You can really help a person get to where they want to be. And a lot of those patients, they're really appreciative. Yeah. I I feel like you are a perfectionist because I remember at one point when I was in like a post-op um, appointment with you, you saw that one of my scars had like kind of widened a little bit and you're like, I can fix that. Let me fix that. Yeah. <laughs> is that what, like, is that what got you into plastic surgery? Like, tell me how that adventure kind of showed up for you. Yeah. I think you're seeing some of my neuroses. Um, <laughs> so yeah, sometimes they're, they're, they can torture me, but, um, so plastic surgery, so actually I didn't start out as a plastic surgeon, believe it or not. What, oh, I, okay. what I did is, um, I did, I was a general surgeon. So I did a, a residency. Residency is a training program for doctors. Um, basically how you become a doctor mm -hmm. after medical school and general surgery where you did a bit, uh, like a healthy mix of vascular surgery, bowel surgery, trauma surgery. And we got some exposure to plastic surgery. But um, what led me to plastic, so I finished that. And then what I did, um, my next step was basically deciding what I want to do. Do I want to continue in that vein or do something more specialized? Yeah. And what I decided to do is do plastic surgery for a number of reasons. One is um, they're one of the few surgeons that operate all over the body. Mm. Um, there's not, there's a, a guideline how the surgeries are done for the most part. But each person is, you, you know, probably from just as everyone would. Everyone's a little bit different. So. Yeah. You have to adjust and make your own plan and implement it, and um, I thought that was just so cool because in other in other specialties, there's there's somewhat of a more dictated route things are done. So plastic yeah. surgery gives you more of a you know artist. I hate to sound like you know like it's everybody okay. does, but like it does give you sort of an art, artistic outlet, and yeah. you can really sort of change things and adapt. And I think that's one of the unique parts about plastic surgery. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so I didn't know that people during their rotations or or residency actually see plastic surgery as one of their little like areas. Is that? Yeah, I did in medical school when I was a, sorry, I did in medical school, and um, when I was um, a resident, we'd work with the plastic surgeon. Okay. So I would I wouldn't actually rotate on that service. Yeah, but I got a lot of exposure to them because you know we're doing um, cancer where we basically remove the the cancerous portions of uh, what's what's causing you know the patient to be ill. Uh, the plastic surgeons will come in and reconstruct it. So uh, we're doing combo yeah. surgeries all the time. That makes so much sense. And yeah. like in trauma, you know, 
we're basically taking care of like the, the traumatic injuries and then the plastic surgeons would come in and say, hey, you know, okay, for the facial fractures, here's the plan. And, and they do their thing. And, you know, sometimes we'd hang out and watch and say, wow, that's yeah. something I think I could see myself doing. Cool. Yeah. That's I love neat. it. Okay. Yeah. So with the fact that you said that you literally can operate on all parts of the body, what do you, what do you think is your favorite procedure? I get that question a lot. <laughs> do you? Yeah, I think, honestly, I, I like pretty much everything I do. I think it's it's, it's interesting the way the pr- uh, plastic surgery plas- uh, practice sort of works. Sometimes yeah. um, you're doing more of a certain procedure at different times of the year, right? Okay. So it's not that I like one more than the other. It's, it's just sometimes I find myself doing, you know, near the end of the year, I'll do a lot of insurance-based cases because everyone's met their uh, deductible for the year. So. Yep. So, um so that, and then, you know, it's springtime, everyone wants to get ready for summer. So they're doing yada, 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 all these right. kind of things. And then in the summertime, you know, a lot of people are on vacation. So a lot of the procedures that, you know, you can't have a lot of sun exposure after mm. like, you know, deep laser resurfacing, something like that, that sort of dies down. And then summertime can just be a sort of a, a grab bag of things. So interesting. Yeah. I, I would have never thought of that being seasonal, but you're totally right. Like, well, I didn't either until I started <laughs> doing this. You're like, wait, I noticed yeah. a pattern. There's, there's, there's definitely a trend. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you, you kind of like it all, I'm assuming. Yeah, I like it all. Okay. I, I think sometimes, you know, you do a lot of one thing, so you're, you're ready to try something yes. else after a while. But yeah. um, it's not like you don't like it. It's just sort of like... You know, it'd be, it's sort of nice to have a little variety in life yeah. in general, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, I my, our relationship is only through the procedure of a breast reduction. Yep. That is what I pursued with you. And you did amazing, by the way. Oh, so you're a shout, great patient. Shout yeah. out to Jack. <laughs> um, so I guess dealing with breast reduction patients, like, what do you, what do you get out of it as the surgeon side of things? Because obviously, at me as a patient, I'm like hell yeah, I'm getting smaller boobs at the end of this. My life's going to change dramatically. Like what for you is like your favorite part? I mean, I think you just sort of nailed it. Really? Um, <laughs> is they are some of the happiest patients we have. And, and you're one of the happiest people I know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they truly appreciate the gravity of the procedure, mm. you know, how it's going to change things. And I tell you, they, every one of them asks and say, you know, if you had to do anything different, what would you do? And they generally almost inevitably say, man, I wish I would have done this earlier. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't nearly as, as tough a recovery as I thought it was yeah. going to be. The yeah. results, I can actually appreciate them really quickly. They're, everyone's, it's just one of those procedures where people are literally like the next day saying yeah. like, man, I'm so glad I did this. That's, cr- I love that you said that because I, I. <laughs> In my little like nugget of my ten with day uh-huh. segment, I played a recording that I took of myself. Oh, is that right? Literally the day of surgery when I s- stumbled into my car and my mom was taking me I think home. I saw that clip. Is did it, I yeah. show you? I probably yeah. Did. I think you did show me one of your appointments. Yeah. <laughs> and I I remember like telling my friends how like proud I was that I like came out of anesthesia really well and blah blah blah. Yeah, you did great. You were saying that I did really good with surgery and yeah. But then I just like lost it. I started crying and one of the things I said was like I was just I'm so happy and it was like literally that same day I just felt like a huge relief. So it's cool that you get to see that in your patients as well. Yeah, and that's interesting. You know, that sort of like we said goes along with all the other folks. You know, they they got over that last hurdle and yeah. It's just sort of like a, a I think you know you could you could tell me better than anybody. It's sort of like a sigh of relief, and mm. you know you, can, you should be mm-hmm. very proud of yourself. A lot of people, I am, <laughs> are still are still sitting at home, probably wondering if it's for them or not. And I tell yes. those folks, you know, think about it. And if it is, you know, 
Give it a shot. Take yeah. So you mentioned like people saying that they wish they did it earlier. Like, is there an age range that you recommend as like a doctor, like of when people should do this if they want to get a reduction? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, we typically, you know, the breasts are all you're going to change throughout a female's life. Right. That's that's pretty much you know, with kids or without kids, that's mm-hmm. that's that's a given. Um, we try to, you know, make sure that first of all, you know, as you're younger, you know. It, you just got to make sure that you understand how this is going to affect you as you get older. You know, mm. it's different for a person that's in their 30s or 40s or 50s for a girl that's in her teens yeah, or um, or early 20s. Now, that being said, most of the girls that have made have got to the point where they're actually talking with a plastic surgeon have already sort of jumped that hurdle or yeah. sort of done that, that sort of thought process. Mm-hmm. But um, I generally try to recommend, you know, it, at the very least, the later years of high school, if not mm-hmm. 18 years old. Um, okay. Just because even then, if you do a breast reduction earlier than that, the breasts are going to change. You yeah. Know? So it's sort of hitting a moving target almost. Yeah. But if it's really affecting someone, you know, in a really detrimental way, you know, you can you can consider doing it earlier, mm-hmm. in, you know, like 16 or 17. Um, earlier than that, though, I'm not, I have not done that. That seems so young. Like, yeah. I mean, I definitely... Yeah, I it's it's weird to think that you you know your body well even at sixteen or eighteen, you know, and mm-hmm. then to think that you're changing it and what it's going to be like when you know you get to like your thirties or oh, something. Absolutely, yeah, it's definitely hitting hitting moving targets. So yeah. a lot of plastic surgery is to a certain degree. Yes. Well, okay. So if anyone's listening and is like thinking like, man, this is really hitting home, and I want to do this, I got mine done when I was thirty three, and. I, I think I would have liked to have pursued this in my late 20s. Like, now looking yeah. back and having been able to, like, reflect, I definitely shouldn't have waited as long. Yeah. But it, it is what it is. Like, I'm so happy I did it, so. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, that's the thing. I think most people, you know, they just sort of – and, and you, I'd, I'd be interested to see how you sort of came around to it. You know, mm. how because I'm sure a lot of people are sitting at home and wondering – is, am I a candidate or, you know, or should I do this? How did you sort of make the leap? You know, I think that's something that I yeah. would may take you from just sitting at home or researching on the internet to actually saying, I'm going to step into an office and actually talk to somebody about it. Yeah. That that's actually a really good point because I think for women and just surgery in general, yeah. probably people, I've never broken a bone, been under the knife or anything. So this, mm-hmm. I think thinking about getting a surgery is scary because it's just yeah. things that you don't know. And so I, I found that like the more I verbalized that I wanted a breast reduction, the more women were like randomly showing up in my life where they're like, oh, I had one back in college or I had one. Yes. And so the more girls that I knew that were in my life that said, oh yeah, I've definitely gotten one or I've, I've had at least a consultation. It made me realize that it's, it's way more normal and, and a common thing than what I believe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, cause I guess growing up, I'm a little younger than probably the generation I'm speaking to, but a lot of, you know, back in the day it was like women wanted bigger breasts and implants were like the thing, which they probably still are. But I would say more often than not these days, reductions are becoming more of a thing because women are realizing like, Oh, smaller boobs, like help my whole being of of a person. Right. It it definitely comes in waves. Yes. You know? Yeah. I I think, plastic surgery in what's in another way is very interesting it comes trends come and go mm. and there's certain trends right now that'll probably not be around in the next two to three years and some that are been yeah. around it'll stay for a couple of years but yep. um right now a lot of people especially this time of year we're talking about seasonal stuff it, breast reductions you know as recently as the other day we're doing some mm. um it's just one of those procedures that um 
you know, I don't, I don't think that one's ever going to leave is what yeah. I'm getting at. That's not a seasonal one. That's just a, a, something that's always going to be around because a lot of folks, you know, it, it really can change their lives. Yeah. Would you say that the majority of your patients, whether they're insurance based or not, are seeking it for like, I guess, aesthetic and visual um, purposes or for specific like health, like their neck, their back, all that fun stuff? It's nearly a hundred percent health reasons. Physical. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. They, they look great in the end. Sure. Because, uh, you know, a breast reduction, which is, you know, they're actually a breast reduction and a breast lift for the same, you know, I don't know if people realize this. So they're actually the yes, same. Yes, let's dive into that, actually. Okay. So feel free to, yeah. Yeah, sure. So, I, and I get a lot of questions about this. Uh, <laughs> and and, I, and they're good questions because um, the question is generally, if I do a breast reduction, do I get a breast lift with it? Mm-hmm. And the answer is absolutely yes. They're the mm-hmm. same operation. A reduction is just a lift where you're taking more tissue. Okay. Um, so just to clear that up, because I know a lot of folks oftentimes are worried that I don't... <laughs> I don't want them just smaller. I want them looking a little better too. If right. that's the issue, some of them look great already. They just need to be downsized. Right. So, um, so that, that's something that's, uh, that I think is really important for folks to see, but to answer your other questions, nearly always a hundred percent, a lot of, I mean, you know, obviously I hear the, the stories, but haven't had the experience, mm. but, um, the weight on the chest, just simple daily activities, at least from what I understand can be, uh, you know, you're living your life around your breast. And yep. that's not how things should be. You know? Yeah, absolutely. The random things that I noticed after my reduction were crazy. Like, you don't realize what, wh- how much they affect you. Well, you think you know, right? Because you're like, oh, when I exercise, it hurts. Or like, you yeah. know, I have to wear five sports bras or whatever. But yeah. then afterwards, you're like, oh, I didn't realize when I laid on my back that my chest wouldn't feel as heavy. Or like when I shave my legs, like my boobs aren't wiping across my, you know, just like random stuff like Like, that. One person said, when I get up to grab something across the table at dinner time, like I don't have to worry about, you know. Tucking them out of the way before you reach or something. Yeah, I was just like, I I was like, I would never have thought of that. And she's she's like, yeah, I think of it every meal. Yes. And I just... It's mind-boggling. God, they, that's it's such a good feeling to know when you're like when it's a positive change. I guess yeah. I could say. Um, okay, I had a question um, going back to oh, so we were talking about like a lift versus a reduction, yeah. but they're really one and the same. Um, I didn't realize until you told me that when you get a reduction, you're actually taking out breast tissue and not fat. Is that correct? Well, you're taking exactly. out, you're taking out both. Actually, okay, yeah. Maybe I miss. Maybe I miss. It's okay. Yeah. I probably didn't hear you right or, or assumed. <laughs> not, but no, what you're saying is correct. You're taking out both. Now here's the the interesting thing. So I meet a lot of folks who say, you know, so the breast is made of, and I'll try to make it really quick because some of this part is <laughs> maybe some going people, to doctor mode. Yeah, yeah I don't want to go into doctor mode too much. But the breast is made of three things: skin, fat, and breast tissue. Um, breast tissue is hormonally mediated. Okay. What does that mean? That means sometimes if you lose weight and gain weight, it's not going to change as much. If you, your hormones signal the breast tissue to enlarge, right? So, um, now if you gain weight and lose weight, that fat layer that's on top of it will get bigger and get smaller too. Mm-hmm. So there's two things mediating it. So, but the majority of breast reduction we do, is more of a breast tissue removal than mm-hmm. fat removal. So what you said is correct. Okay. Okay. So, because some folks say, I'm, I'm losing weight, and they breast changed, they got smaller, mm-hmm. but they didn't got, get nearly as small as I was hoping to, or right. what I was anticipating, and, and that's the reason, because you can't, um, you can't 
for all intents and purposes, that that breast tissue is hormonally mediated. Right. So it's not. So gonna it's not going to like ebb and flow like fat would when you. Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. I know one of the ugh, quarantine got me, Jack, because <laughs> I think you it know got all of us, myself included. Seriously, like I came off such a good year of like not only losing a shit ton of weight, but then like getting my breast reduction and just yeah, I was feeling awesome. myself. But then you know COVID hit and I was gaining weight because I wasn't working out and everybody was like buying a hundred thousand dollars worth of groceries every week. Yeah, exactly. And I, my boobs started getting bigger and I was like, oh hell no. Like I didn't go through this whole process just to like, you know, Mm. have them blow up. Yeah. (laughs) So after breast reduction, that can happen because now we removed some of the breast tissue. Mm -hmm. So what you said is the breasts do act a little bit differently sometimes after breast reduction because now the proportion of fat ratio to breast tissue ratio has changed. So now they can be a little more influenced by, um, you know dietary stuff like that but uh don't worry i i quarantine got everybody i, I feel like and i tried to buy gym equipment there was none to be had on the i know yeah. it was like a black market for there and, uh, for a little bit i think i think i was gonna have to like watch rocky and do some of his things where, yeah like, buy some giant you know industrial tires and just flip them in the yard and stuff like that i don't even know oh my gosh i know do you feel like um when i know you we talked about this before we went on the air but um your industry literally had to shut down for six weeks yep. so um, when you did get back into the, I guess the ER, OR, OR, yeah. OR, so yeah, I don't sure. know why or I said ER office, whatever you want to say, I, your, your area, no um, did, was it like, I mean, of course it was riding a bike cause I feel like you've done it all the time, but did, did it feel weird? Were you just like, hell yeah, I'm so glad to be back in like doing this. Did you miss it? Uh, definitely missed it. It was good to be back. I was getting a little bit stir crazy at home. Yeah. Um, it was weird, um, because you came back and everyone was a little bit nervous to be around mm. each other. Mm-hmm. No one, you know, now we know a lot more than we knew, you know, sure, at, this, of course. at this point last year. <laughs> um, but man, I mean, no one really, no one really was sort of, everyone's a little bit edgy because- you know, and we, st- to this day, we still live in num- limit the number of people in our office. We mm-hmm. don't have a waiting room. People wait in their cars. It's mm-hmm. just different the way things are done. But um, it was good to be back. But um, definitely, you know, at that point, everyone's wearing masks now. When we left, no one's wearing a mask. Right. right? So now every day, I'm wearing a mask all day for, like, people that I, I know. I, some of these people, I haven't seen their faces forever. Aww. And some of my patients, I, to this day, I don't even know, which is even stranger, I don't even know what they look like. Do uh, they have to wear a mask when you're actually Doing the procedures? No, they don't wear. So when they're when we're doing the procedures, they're um, they can they take the mask yeah. off, but they're intubated, meaning right? Like you know, which for all you folks out there, what that means is they put a breathing tube down. So that's the first time you last Seen time you'll ever see them <laughs> when they're so, drugged up and yeah. Uh, and I had a patient say, you know, the other day, like, hey, you know, remember me? And I was like, truth be told, <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I was like, absolutely, how are you doing? And then. <laughs> I think she could see it in my eye because I had a mask on too. Yeah. See it in my eyes, like maybe he doesn't exactly know who I am. Yeah, because they were in regular clothes and all that kind of stuff. And she pulled it, she pulled it down. She's like, "Hey, I'm so and so." I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes, yeah, I, absolutely, I know you." Yeah, it's been sorry, it's been a while. I, I, that's the first time I've ever seen her. You right, know, so I really you know. probably recognize their body parts before you'd recognize their face. Well, <laughs> I, I guess you could say that, but I at hate the same to say time, it. <laughs> but you know, the funny thing is, we do so much of the stuff that mm-hmm. it's like. If you're, you know, in your line of work, you look yeah. at look at one thing after another, and mm-hmm. after a while, it doesn't really become yeah so memorable anymore yeah. because um you see so yeah it's just of it. part of your work Absolutely. yeah exactly so I get it yeah so okay so if you were to um how do how do I word this question like if if people are considering a breast reduction what mm-hmm. do you think are like the biggest things that they should think about before reaching out to a surgeon I think one of the things first of all is just sort of 
think about like, is this good for you? Is it fit with your lifestyle? Is it fit with your goals? You know, mm-hmm. like any procedure, there's going to be an incision and that's going to, you know, not going to ever go away. It'll fade with time almost to the point where it's nearly imperceptible, but it's still there. Yeah. Um, I think recovery, you mm-hmm. know, that's super important. If you don't have a strong, you know, foundation to help you out after the surgery, which, you know, and, and, you know, you can speak more about that, the recovery. Sure. Um, it's, it's not, you know, you need the timing is everything right yeah. in life and in surgery and in general. So you need to make sure that that's going to fit with your program and then just time off work. Yeah. Um, that's important too. And, um, what your goals are, you know, yeah. if your goals are, you know, to improve your health because your breasts are at causing detrimental problems then that's, that it, it's a good fit for you. Yeah. Um, do you recommend people trying to pursue the insurance coverage or do you, do you feel like you tell people to like, do you prefer people to pursue the insurance coverage or doing it kind of out of pocket? So I think insurance coverage, if you can get approved is, is obviously the optimal way to go for most folks because, um, financially, financially for sure. (laughs) Right. And then, you know, the insurance companies, they're, they are a little bit of a, uh, they're a strange being. Um, Don't I know it. Do you know it better than God. anybody? Yeah. <laughs> so so you live that roller coaster. <laughs> um, they want certain things. And sometimes patients meet every single criteria. And, and you know, what, they, what they're looking for for you folks out there is basically the way it's impacting your life in a negative fashion. Your breasts are. They want that. In, but what they also care about almost more than anything is the weight that's going to be removed. Mm-hmm. Now, when we when we apply to an insurance company, you have to tell them exactly how much weight you think is going to be removed, and sort of send you know send across a note that sort of says all the problems that the patient's having. If you don't meet that weight requirement, it's almost like sometimes the other stuff doesn't matter, mm. and that weight um, can they have uh, an algorithm generally for what they determine is appropriate. Now that being said, even if you fall below it, there's studies that prove that any amount of breast tissue removed, generally, if not almost all the time, helps a person's symptoms. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't say that a breast reduction will completely eradicate everyone's symptoms, especially for folks that are maybe, be, maybe a little bit older because some of that's the wear and tear is already done. Right. But it can halt it, and it oftentimes will make it better. And, and a fair number of times will really, sometimes if you're younger, will get rid of a lot of those symptoms completely. But mm-hmm. but the insurance way is the best way to go. If, if you're, you know, meet all the, check all the boxes, but uh, sometimes the insurance companies can be a little bit unpredictable at the very least to say. Yeah, I think, yeah, like speaking from experience and hindsight, I would say that it is 100% worth pursuing, but I would recommend keeping your expectations set because you, you really did a good job of telling me that. And I think I let myself get to the point where I just assumed I wasn't going to get approved because I was like, that's the worst that can happen. So I'm just going to assume that I don't get approved. And then when I did, I was like, holy moly, like that's great. Yeah. So I would say for anyone out there that's trying to do this, like hundred percent, go for it. Find a surgeon that will do it. Cause I know that not every plastic surgeon is like down to work with insurance. Is that correct? You know, I can't speak for other places. That's true. Um, but uh, we're more than happy to. That's for yeah. sure. A lot, a lot of what I do is insurance-based. Yeah. Um, there are some folks out there that are purely cosmetic, and there's some that are purely reconstructive that only mm-hmm. do insurance-based stuff. So it's best to, you know, do your homework, find someone that's you know, fits 
basically, first of all, personality wise, it's always important too. just, to Oh my God. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So you know, true. Right? Cause you're sort of going on a trip together and neither, <laughs> neither of you can get off the, get off on the Literally, off-ramp. We were on like a year and a half journey. <laughs> exactly. Me so, and you. That's yeah. It's, and you're right. Like, I think had we not had a good report, I would not have felt as comfortable on, on surgery day as I did, you know, yeah. like I was, that's good feedback. Yeah. It was yeah. just being able to interact with you and knowing who you were and that we had met multiple times prior was, you know, it just put me at ease. Yeah. Well, and like I said, you, you've always, you know, been one of the happiest people I know. <laughs> so, uh, it, it's been a pleasure obviously yeah. helping you out. Why um, not? You know? Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, there's no off ramp on this, uh, this car ride. So right. that's what I tell folks, you know, um, mm. you know, you're going to like anything else, you know, just make sure that you you gel. If, if you get off to a bad start, that's not a good way to start anything. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, cool. True. Well, is there anything else as we wrap up, like that you want to leave the listeners with from your perspective as a doctor, a surgeon, is, as it relates to this, yeah. and it could be about breast reduction or anything in general. Yeah, I mean, what I'd say is um, there's always, there's never any harm in exploring choices, exploring what, what opportunities are out there in, yeah. in, in plastic surgery, in medicine, in life. And uh, you don't know until you at least to open that door and take a look. And then if it's not for you, that's fine. Or mm-hmm. if you say, this is not exactly what I'm trying to do, that that's totally, like, understandable Mm -hmm. but and I live my life sort of like this too but if you don't ever take a chance or take a look you don't want to miss out and then be be several years down the road thinking "Hmm, I wish what would have happened if I had you know yeah I think that's really good advice that's I feel like that's why I'm not ashamed or or timid to talk about what I went through because I'm like if if you are interested in doing this like I might as well share my story because it might help that like girls sharing their experience helped me pull the trigger to do it myself. So I hope that I can be that for other people too. You oh, know? I'm sure you are. And I think that this, having these kind of discussions yeah. really makes people feel more comfortable talking about it. You know, yeah. I think that's something that is always a, a problem. Maybe it could be something that people are nervous about, mm-hmm. but um, that's one of the, the beauties of your podcast. You know? I know. Right. A little malaprops and moxie. There you go. Okay, perfect. So um, before I always leave with a malaprop of the day, which is when I get a malapropism and put it in a sentence. So I've got one prepared, but before we do that is, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Like, I know you have an Instagram, so you can share that here or if, you know, remind them of where you work and that kind of thing. Sure. So I do have an Instagram. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not, not, um, put it this way. I need to work on it. <laughs> Um, you've been saying that for a, a I while. Know, I just not, I just can't, <laughs> need, okay. I need to sort of pull the trigger and start getting some <laughs> stuff out there. But, uh, so my name's Jack Shire. I work at Charlotte plastic surgery. Um, if you ever have any questions or I can help you out in any way, um, Hi, highly me. recommend everyone. <laughs> Thanks, Taylor, appreciate it. <laughs> All right. So, um, let me think of a sentence here. Okay. So I think for me, um, when I got done with my surgery, I didn't, realize before I went under that I was going to, um, be incubated. And so uh, I was, innovate, yeah, I know <laughs> incubated. Uh-huh. I did that on purpose. Oh, That's oh. A oh man. Okay. So there you go. I love that you corrected me. And the uh, fact that you brought up, um, intubation yes. earlier made me giggle in my head. Cause I was thinking like, that's uh, the word that I was going to use. What a segue. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> Thank you for that. And that sort of played right into uh, your malaprops. Okay. My you're, correct. you're actually the first person that's actually corrected me like immediately. Maybe because I just didn't know what I was doing. No, I, I didn't know the point of what was happening just then. My bad. Well, no, it's okay. I actually appreciate that because in real life, if I say a word incorrectly, usually people don't correct me. And so uh, then I'm looking like a fool because I use the incubate instead of intubate. You try know, having my last name. I know the feeling. Shire. Yeah. yeah. I think I called like you Dr. S for a while. Cause I, think I <laughs> a lot of people do or Dr. J or something. That's yeah. totally fine. By the way, I, if I looked at my name, I didn't know how it's spelled. I wouldn't know what to say either. It's okay. We'll spell it out for you guys um, on Instagram. So you guys can see how to spell it. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Great to be here. Had a great time and I uh, hope everyone's doing well out there. Yeah. This episode of Malaprops and Moxie was recorded at the Huga Coworking Podcast Studio. You can find them online at wearehuga.com, and that's spelled H-Y-G-G-E. The music was recorded and produced by Young Citizen. Thanks so much for listening, and don't forget to subscribe and write a review.